And I think that's when I learned one of my biggest lessons that I will always take with me. Now you don't ask, you don't get. Like mm-hmm. you just shoot your shot. Shoot literally your shot. gotta shoot your shot, like always. Even if you decide to not put a price point on it, like at least capture that customer data so that you can turn that into like an email list at some point. And like if you wanted to start a newsletter, start a newsletter. Hello everyone, we're back again with another episode of Foreign Gems. Today we're joined with Francis. Super excited to speak to you, Francis. We had a little bit of a chat before we actually started recording and already have a ton of questions for you. I'm excited to dive into it. But before we get into all of that, we'll let Ola uh, introduce you formally to you know, all the listeners. Yeah, welcome back everyone to episode, um, I don't know how many now. If this was based on seasons, we'll be on season two by this point. So, which is exciting as we only started this a couple of months ago. Um, but yeah, today we have uh, Francis, father of Matthews. Um, Matthews is, uh, well, I said Matthews, <laughs> using her last name. <laughs> Francis is one of my uh, close pals, and we actually met in the Notion community. So, for those who don't know Notion, uh, I'm sure Francis has a better way to describe what Notion is. So I'm not going to <laughs> attempt to do that. But yeah, in this episode, we are talking about career paths, like alternate career paths, uh, paths, creating your own unique niche career with your own passions. So yeah, we're excited to have Francis joining us today. Um, Francis is a Notion consultant and creator of some of the most aesthetic and pop culture focused <laughs> Notion templates and ideas. Um, she calls it performativity, which I think it's a combination of productivity and fun, and which is pretty cool. Um, Francis is a third culture kid um, with parents from Ghana and Nigeria, and she grew up in um, the UK. She currently lives in York, and she also studied in the States, so she has a lot of global experience, which so she's a stereotypical foreign gem. Uh, she calls herself a zillennial, yeah. which I find cool. It's a mix between Gen Z and millennial. And if you can realize by now, I think that's a trend with Frances. She likes combining words together to make a home thing. Yeah. Um, so Can't yeah, so we'd like to know, what's that? Can't put me in a box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why we thought she would be an ideal guest, you know, for people who find that the, um, the normal path don't work for them and they want to create their own lane in life and uh, create craft a, a career that they can enjoy. So yeah, um, there's so much more about Francis, so I'm not going to ruin it. Um, but yeah, we should get started. Uh, Mark, do you have a question for Francis? Yeah, I want to know what it was like growing up in the UK, coming from like your background. I think that's super interesting how you have this mix and then you also grew up in the UK. So you've got like an intersection of three different cultures coming together. What was that like for you? Yeah. Yeah. First of all, thank you for such an amazing intro. Really excited to be here. This is like such a dope podcast. Um, but yeah, that's a great question. So I moved to the UK when I was two, thereabouts. I was born in Nigeria, actually, but then moved quite quickly to Ghana and then like my mum and my sister and I we like moved to the UK and 
I grew up in an area where there were like not a lot of black people like there was not a lot of diversity in general so for the longest time I was kind of the only black person at my primary school until like year two or something like that when my cousin joined and then like year four there was like another Ghanaian boy that joined and it was just like the three of us and something about where I grew up it was sort of like all the African families sort of knew each other by one way or another like our mums all worked in like social care like health like um there were, our mums were all carers like it was just that was the vibe and there was quite a quite a small <laughs> niche black community growing up but yeah it's definitely different <laughs> from my friends I remember specifically there was it was in year six there was one time where we could bring in music and like music is such a huge part of my life and kind of how I explore the different cultures that I'm from and that I love learning about and I made I burned a CD with illegal downloads don't arrest me Windows Windows Media Maker represent um and on it was I like just threw in a bunch of stuff so I have older siblings and they're really into like the R&B like at the time and so it was, I think that was like Mary J Blige and stuff on there like my friends don't know about Mary J Blige they're all just like white kids I don't know and then <laughs> so there's a lot of like R&B on there and then like Ghanaian like hip life um and so like one specific song was really like niche like Goosey Ganda I think it was called anyways I, it was just stuff that I loved and I was really excited to share it with my friends and I just remember that moment of playing the CD and everyone was just a bit confused and I was like well <laughs> uh, um, but yeah uh, <laughs> it was it was a time I think things became a lot easier when I moved to my sixth form which is a lot more diverse and I, that's when I realized for me how much I value being around diverse people, like coming from all kinds of backgrounds. So, yeah. So, like, where you did your sixth form was that the same place you would have done, like, kind of your earlier schooling as well? Like, same town I'm talking about? No, was, I had I had to travel quite far for sixth form. Um, for people who don't know, sixth form is something you do when you're 16 in the UK and it's like the bit right before leaving school whether you choose to go into university or otherwise and or you can do college it depends but um yeah it was like an hour and a half door to door for me every day but so worth it so so worth it It was a really good school my brother went there um and I got admission so that was just the thing (laughs) gotcha Okay, and so like before this sixth form, uh, and I promise I won't spend forever in your <laughs> early childhood, but before this transition to sixth form, did you find that it was a struggle to maintain some of the other cultural aspects of like yourself growing up since you're surrounded, you know, by mainly UK kids, I assume? Um, was that a challenge for you in any way? Or like, how did you maintain your connection to your, your cultural background? 
family have always been quite ingrained in like the culture per se like there's always music going on in our house there's always there's just yeah the food like my grandmother cooking all the time so there was we would go back to Ghana quite regularly so I was always sort of exposed in that way (laughs) so (laughs) yeah gotcha Okay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. So I know that you studied in the States. We just mentioned that. Um, and I imagine this happened after, you know, your experience with sixth form. How did you decide that you wanted to go study there? Like, did you help take me through that decision process? Because that's usually a pretty, a big moment, you know, making that choice. Yeah, I, so I'd had a family member, one of my cousins studied in the States. And I remember I was just there. I happened to also go see my aunt the same summer that she was moving into university. So it was like, I sort of got to see that get ready process and she got a scholarship. And so I was like, oh, this is an option. Um, And yeah, I just love change and adventure and again, exploring different cultures. And I thought, why not? So... (laughs) um, I remember my advisor at sixth form, she told me about this program called the Sutton Trust. And she was like, oh, you should apply. Yeah, so traditionally the Sutton Trust was, is a program which sort of lends to um, like lower, like talented lower income students who want to get into like Russell Group universities in the UK. And Russell Group unis are like, your Oxfords, your Cambridges, your your Yorks, um, but like might not have access to all the right resources and stuff. And so they did a collab with Fulbright, which is traditionally, they do like a post-grad exchange thing between the UK and US at some post-war initiative. I don't know. Um, anyways, they did a collab to do the Sutton Trust US program and it was the second cohort and um what that I was applying to and my advisor was like you should give this thing a go and so I was like okay so I applied <laughs> um I didn't get in I went I went to the like assessment day thing I didn't get in and then I sent well, I got waitlisted and then I sent them like a really like enthusiastic email being like hey love that I'm wait- waitlisted but like whether you let me in or not this is the thing that I really want to do so I'm going to end up asking you loads of questions uh, so <laughs> they like let me in um and I think that's when I learned one of my biggest lessons that I will always take with me now you don't ask you don't get like mm-hmm. you just shoot your shot shoot literally your shot. gotta shoot your shot like always so yeah, yeah um yeah, it was an exciting time. I've made some of my best friends on that program. We're still close today. It's just a really just talented group of humans coming from like all walks of life. I could never get into that program now. I think some of the acceptance rates are just ridiculous, um, but I'm glad to have been a part of it. <laughs> okay. And so you were there for four years or something like that, I imagine? Yeah, so I went to a school called Kenyon College in Ohio. Tiny, tiny school. Um, liberal arts, very, like, writing-based. 
Um, but I did also study abroad in Spain while I was there. So I took advantage of that financial aid to travel. Amazing. <laughs> Very cool. So we're in the US. You just finished school. How do you make the transition into like the world of Notion? Like how, how did you first get the notion of Notion, so to speak? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm, I've got, honestly, like PTSD um purely from so I graduated in the Trump era 2018 and it was a very hard time for international students back then so like you can apply for this thing called an OPT which gives you a year to work then after that like companies have you have to find a company to sponsor you and I pretty much did everything off my own back financially. So I was like, well, I can't afford to like not work. So um, I threw myself into the world of temporary work. So I signed up to a temp job agency because they were like the only people that were sort of fully willing to like hire me at the time. Um, And I actually, I'm fully back temping because you can end up in some really cool situations so I was able to earn money straight away but they were like receptive to the fact that I was interviewing and stuff I actually ended up working for the sponsorship office in the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation and they do a big annual conference every year in DC which was a lot of fun Um, and then that's where I ended up and while I was doing that, I was volunteering for like a youth, you could like mentor teenagers with purpose-driven startups for this pitch competition that they were going to take part of. And so I was volunteering through that for that to just like meet people, network. And then I met my future boss who would introduce me to Notion at one of the like network- networking events and he was like yeah like I was I was big in the events that's that was my thing events was my thing and he was like so he was like hey like you seem cool like what are you doing I was like I don't know like looking for a job and he was like well I'm looking for someone and that's how I found myself into the world of UX because I was like I'm really good at like experiential things and he was like send me a resume and I was like okay Lee so I did that um didn't know anything about UX I literally had to like google and like be like what is this and so that's how I ended up in tech, really. So I worked their operations slash. Oh, I just my job was basically it was an agency, and my job was basically part project management, part office assistant, part exec assistant, part just everything that needed to get done, but no one else had time to do everything from like building standing desks to like picking up team lunch on a Wednesday to emailing clients the deliverables that was my job and towards the end of that year he was like there's this thing called notion and all my buddies are obsessed with it you need to learn how to use it so you can build us one so I was like okay (laughs) Um, and that was the beginning of the journey of where I am now yeah, I brought Notion back with me to the UK. 
built my CV on it. It got me the job at the next design agency that I worked at. And I realized I can build out whole client portals on it. And then pandemic, I was like, I don't know, I'm kind of good at this notion thing. Maybe someone will pay me for it and stuck myself on Fiverr and stumbled into the Notion community. And I was like, whoa, this is a whole, this is a whole thing. <laughs> Let me pay attention. Yeah. And I think we jumped into talking about Notion without introducing what Notion is. Oh, gosh. We said we would let you do yeah. that. <laughs> uh, so in your words, what, how do you feel about Notion? I mean, I, I, I love it. Ola loves it, I'm sure. So, like, what, what's what's Notion to you? Notion is a digital blank canvas to build whatever you want. So, I like to present it to people as Google Docs on steroids. Um, traditionally, a lot of people in the Notion community will build like habit trackers or like project management systems, but like I. The way that I've sort of built a name for myself is like, yes, I can do that. Like my day job, my majority of my coaching calls, my big client calls, etc., are me building custom team dashboards and tools and client portals and things for people. Um, but how I built a name for myself is I was like, well, this is just digital Lego. Like I can build holiday card templates. I can also build like visual like digital quote-unquote visual albums of the Beyonce album or Channel Orange I like I can literally build these really cool digital experiences in Notion and people started paying attention to that because they're like wow this is so different from like the habit trackers that we see every day and yeah it's been a slow but with rewarding journey like it's nice because yeah, I could have growth hacked my way by just building what everyone else is building and doing some like kind of hacky Twitter things, but that didn't really feel authentic to me. So you're using Notion for work. You're in the tech world for the first time, which is also a rabbit hole we can go down because foreign gems in tech. But how did you see the potential of Notion for you know other applications rather than just like your typical project management, which is, I'm, sh- I'm sure, what you were using it for your company and what, you know, your boss was excited about at first. How did you make the leap? Was it like a personal thing or did you identify a need that you saw in the market or something like that? Like, how did you make that change? It was when I was looking for a job, actually. So when they they kicked me out of the US, uh, <laughs> I didn't get picked for the lottery. It wasn't that deep. <laughs> I was like, well, it's I a lottery gonna... system. Yeah, it's a mess. like the worst anyways um (laughs) yep so I didn't get picked for the last year I was like well now I need a job so I was like how how do I make myself stand out I was like oh wait I've been learning this notion thing I could just build myself like a cv with notion so I made myself this really cool little cv portal that's still live today um and is a template that I sell and the yeah it got me to a few final rounds because employers are like whoa this is like really cool you haven't seen this before also we know about notion and like you also know about notion so can you help us with notion in the company 
and I was like oh this is really just you can build whatever you want with it <laughs> and so what like when did you think okay let me put this into a template for example for other people to use is it when you started to see some success with it or? yeah so when I um as I got more and more involved in the Notion community, sort of pandemic, and I was just had myself set up on Fiverr, uh, I didn't, I just sort of felt a bit out of place in the Notion community because I was this, like, first of all, black woman, second of all, young, third of all, not like productivity obsessed. And a lot of the content I was seeing was I just couldn't relate to it so I set up my thing called my brand my company the notion bar and started tweeting from that and then started putting out templates basically just because that's what was sort of just kicking off the ground back then templates and that was one I already had that was something that I'd already made so I was like oh I can just turn this into a template <laughs> yeah this is like a key moment I, I love these stories of you know your background and then identifying a problem and then switching into you know maybe I can turn this into a thing like work for myself type vibes was that a scary leap for you terrifying so you're terrified <laughs> yeah uh, it, it, it was terrifying um, I do go back and forth every day I'm like should I just get a job like that would be nice um, <laughs> but um, yeah I, it was just it just came at a time where I realized I was a project manager and the bit that I'd enjoyed was creating the systems but once I'd had the system set up the bit I didn't enjoy was the day-to-day of it <laughs> like I don't like chasing people for designs like I just I, I don't enjoy it <laughs> um I like building the system for other people but I don't want to use the system and it just kind of everything sort of timed out well that I could make the leap basically um things were really picking up in my business enough that I hate at the time that I started to just sort of like hate my job <laughs> so <laughs> I was like I was like yeah just jump into this see what happens yeah I feel like those emotions can serve as a guide for sure it's like what what am I currently excited about and what am I dreading to go spend my time maybe I should do this stuff that's a little bit more exciting exactly oh uh, you mentioned starting notion bar you know after you couldn't find your place in the community um, how did you find your tribe after that? How did you grow the Notion Bar? I think by just putting out stuff that's so authentic to the things that I'm interested in, the tone of voice that I use, the colors that I use, it's very like bright and colorful and design driven, the cultural references that I use, there's a lot of Beyonce. Um, <laughs> and people are like oh yeah 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 that's cool I use Notion too like I've been thinking about using it more but now I've seen that you do this like Beyonce thing like I'm actually going to start taking this a bit more seriously and start making like more cool stuff with it and follow you and maybe now I'm going to start going into Notion templates and Notion consulting and so I think that's been like the most 
inspiring reason for me to keep going with this is that I feel like representate the amount of representation you have in an industry in a way is gatekeeping of itself because at the end of the day it's just human psychology you're only really going for the most part human beings are only really interested in areas where they can see where where they can see themselves and tools like notion are helping companies all over the world build incredible systems and by having a lack of representation in productivity in tech tools and just like boring things certain communities aren't exposed to the tools that can help them level up so that's why I keep going and then in my newsletter as well sort of in the middle of writing this week's issue I try I sort of make an effort to highlight notion creators who do come from sort of more of like the global majority per se or like they might be queer or just different sorts of backgrounds to like highlight that like yeah there's more interesting stuff going on in this community than like black and white avatars and habit trackers (laughs) I, I think I definitely I mean being in the Notion community your impact slash your presence is definitely felt um, I find anytime you create something, it brings in just a different crowd of people. It's always like, it's like you're building this mini bridges that pulls things from everywhere. Like there were journal templates, very boring, very track this, track that. You came out with Happiness Bar, which was this very colorful, put this like, you know, daily prompts idea. And you have your ways of like rethinking things that is kind of like building bridges for people to get into the community. And I think that's, been quite fun to watch and i can imagine it's very impactful as well to the community and also the whole aesthetic um i know now there's a lot of aesthetic notion templates but when we met in the community you were pretty much the only one doing that at a time like when i think of aesthetic notion templates i think of you and that's huge because now we take that for granted now everything is not just black and white as it used to be but that was something you did Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a crazy journey to be on. And yeah, just watch how things have developed. And yeah, it is interesting being sort of one of the first to do the whole aesthetic thing. Um, Yeah, that is something that we see a lot now Um, and it's interesting because I, I have people who I had early on conversations with about like the notion thing the aesthetic thing like oh maybe we'll do a template sometime together um and now they after that those conversations they they're like big big youtubers now and they're doing like like notion is like their thing and like their brand and like they've got this crazy successful template and i'm like i was part of that yeah yeah, it's, it's a crazy whirlwind of an industry to be in right now to be honest um. I would almost say you inspired Notion itself because even if you look at their marketing website everything is so colorful now like it's yeah, very like, aesthetic now, now. 
Yeah. So that's been interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> I think one of the things probably holding it back right when it first started, I think my first um, interaction with Notion was maybe 2018 or 2019. And at the time, I remember it was mainly just like super nerds who were into Notion because it, it, it's very functional and it's very powerful even at that time, but it didn't look that appealing. Like there was other project management tools you could use and I'm like putting it in a box in this way, but because that's how most people are using it at the time. But it, it's, it was super like utilitarian in a way and it took some imagination to see its potential. And so like doing that kind of work probably propels it, like propels Notion as a brand in, in general for the layman to even want to, you know, explore it a little bit. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And that whole kind of seeing Notion through creativity first instead of productivity is what inspired actually my course that um, I have running. I, I like to call it my Notion space. It's, yeah. it's I co-launched it with Domestica, which is like a, a course platform. And yeah. the whole point is of the course is to really get you to first understand what your creative and like aesthetic influences are then you learn the mechanics of notion and then you figure out well how how can you bring those things together and create design styles for yourself choose the right block so there's a lot of like user experience and design thinking lessons in there at the same time and at the end of it you create this myspace style profile page which a lot of people are using as their professional portfolios which is cool to see (laughs) so yeah it's been fun to see the community grow around that and some of my most loyal i would guess like twitter followers and newsletter commenters and things like that are people who have come from my course because they're like whoa just never knew i could use notion like this i'm like it's a possibility tool not a productivity tool yeah Sure. And um, in, in terms of like the community changing after, you know, introducing this idea of aesthetics, introducing the idea of maybe not using it specifically for work, have you seen like more diversity in the community now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think people just more inspi- have been more inspired to post just out there like fun projects that they're that they're working on that aren't necessarily like habit trackers um, after seeing my work, which has been cool to see. And yeah, it's an exciting, it's an exciting journey. And as I predicted um, back then, content-based templates are really kind of rolling the roost right now. So Notion's a great way to capture information and present it in a way that's easily like digestible and like usable you can create like cool user experiences around it and those are kind of all over my twitter feed at the moment like here are 100 ai props that you can comment on this post and i'll send it to you for free which is actually a lie because it's a gumroad page and you can pay for it but like it's a great growth hack (laughs) speaking of acts did you what acts did you try to grow your brand what one worked 
what one have you stuck with and what ones felt you know icky to you yeah so i've tried to avoid hacks really just because for the most part they do they are kind of icky to me the the only things that i do really that are beneficial to my business are um, every time i have a template um a template sale for some select templates i get like an automated thing pop up on my twitter where it's like so and so in peru has downloaded the happiness bar journal template like click through to it now um and i have like a recurring thing with hype fury which is this like twitter tool where you can fill it you can create like a content plan for a week with like certain pillars so like 2 p.m on tuesdays and 4 p.m on thursdays it will post something from your memes bank um so you can just pre-fill that and it will just like recycle <laughs> old content <laughs> and that's and I do that with like old content. I also do that with like screenshots from my newsletter, final projects from my course, because these are things I need, I need to constantly be talking about. But, but by having them automated, I don't have to manually come up with it all the time. It just, it just feeds from the bank, which is nice and takes pressure off of making new content all the time and then a lot of those tweets get automatically sent out to my instagram as screenshots so i just yeah just covers that for me too so you actually you said that at the start of this before we we started recording you were telling us about a tool that you use to automate things that we can use as well so yeah i would like to know more about that system yeah, so I, I mentioned my Twitter automation, Twitter to Instagram automation sort of flow at the moment. So I use Hype Fury. I first of all I use Hype Fury to automate all this all my tweets, just recurring posts on a weekly basis, and then certain tweets get sent with a with a specific emoji get sent out to my Instagram through Zapier and then in terms of like videos um, I use repurpose.io to automatically send my TikToks to Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and Pinterest. Um, in my like link and bio I, I have like my tech stack literally that people can just go to <laughs> and like steal my tech stack basically. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think people should, because I know some of those, I know you have affiliate links and, you know, that's part of what funds you being able to, you know, live your professional life on your own terms. Uh, how's that been going? Like, like the old passive income, you know, like what, what's working for you and um, what would you like to do more of? Yeah. So around Christmas new around New Year's I always have a big sort of influx of passive income from my annual journal um I think there's maybe like 3,000 journalers each year something like that who download it so that's always like a comfy like okay I'll be fine which is good because that's when Notion 
consulting slows down <laughs> so, so that, that keeps me going and then I don't really do a great job at marketing my other templates I'll be honest with you and um, that's just because I don't have the time to a lot of them all a lot of those sales drip through through the year via affiliate links by people having them up on their blogs and things like that so quite fortunate in that sense but something I'm really excited about is I've just launched um like soft launched I don't think the sales page is up yet um a journal sorry a template collaboration with a YouTube influencer Montel B um so she had the idea I built the template and like went back and forth and design and stuff and now this is just like income that's going to come in for me and I've got another one on the way with another um Instagram um brand so I think this is the future that I would like to focus on is doing these template collaborations because something I've realized is that I'm really good at building I love building I hate marketing I don't like I can do it but I don't enjoy doing it and so if someone else has the brand and the following and like they like being on camera all the time like they can do that bit and I can just do the building bit <laughs> it's important to know about yourself you know what things energize you and like put your focus on that and supplement that with whatever else that you need to get you where you're going that's really awesome what do what... call it finding uh your zone of genius yeah. so it seems like you found your i mean from what you've mentioned to us so far and what i know about you it seems you really nerd out about systems you'll nerd out about um, aesthetics and style and user experience is very key for you and um yeah it seems like you're trying to double down just those things and then outsource everything else is that correct yeah pretty much like user experience is such a huge thing for me like i'm about to start a whole series about how you can bring ux into notion like i've got this giant book that i just ordered also in my link in bio as an affiliate link it's called um universal principles in ux ux it's a great design book it's got a hundred really like actionable tips in there and so i've been following that to help kind of guide me through my next sort of content series um yeah because at the end of the day when you build any kind of like digital product like any kind of like notion thing you inadvertently become like a product designer <laughs> so it's really it's really key that you know about good product design user experience practices so yeah what uh what advice would you have for somebody who's trying to who's maybe thinking about going off on their own and they haven't quite had the courage to make the leap like what would you tell them to give them that encouragement or to at least help them figure out if they should um first of all be practical like ideally like do the numbers add up <laughs> like, like for a long time um i actually just ended it now but i was working on i was working as a part-time assistant on a podcast called techish just like a few hours of like sort of 10 hours a week or so like helping them research and stuff like that and that was supplemental part-time income so if maybe 
you would like a little padding, maybe find something that's part-time that's a bit more like, um, what do you call it? That's quite sort of repetitive. Like you don't really have to think too much for it that can pad you until you feel fully comfortable to go out on like fully, like just fully, fully go out on your own. Yeah. I I got I got a couple of questions actually. <laughs> Go for mm. it. So this one this one's might take you quite a while to think about because I don't think you were prepared for them. You were ta talking about AI. You know, you're saying AI prompts this, AI prompts that. What's your What do you see yourself doing with AI in the near future? Oh. AI writes all my TikTok scripts now. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> like today, I just did like, uh, I, so I do these profundivity tips. Um, I define profundivity as putting layers of fun into your workflow, W-E-R-K, um, and being realistic about what you can get done. So I do these profundivity tips on my TikTok and, and Instagram. And I just, I was like, putting away laundry is the b-roll and then I asked TikTok to write I asked AI Notion AI to write me a script on how you can do hard things for TikTok and I edited it a bit and read that over the video and now it's doing really well <laughs> so... that's, that's amazing right there <laughs> yeah how so... can people find that uh what's your TikTok um Frodera, so F R whoa, whoa I'm like <laughs> I think it's Frodera. I don't remember if I put a hyphen in there or anything. Um I think I remember I think Oh yeah, so it's Fro underscore Dara, so F R O underscore D E R A and yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, that's I get AI to do things like that where I can't really be bothered to figure out like a script to read on camera or um, in my newsletter, I each week in my newsletter, I do these notion flips for my paid subscribers. So I'll turn something, some form of like cultural or research insight into a notion dashboard. And I get AI to write the, the benefits for the thing that I've built <laughs> and I just paste that as copy I also get it to write Pinterest captions because <laughs> I'm like I'm not thinking of this like really boring um like marketing copy thing but what I don't get it to write is my um things that I want my personality to seep into and that I have genuine like opinions on so like my weekly newsletter roundup that's written by me but like other like just standard marketing copy that I just I'm like hey I can do that I don't really care <laughs> that's pretty cool I like that um the other question I wanted to ask is if you were not in the notion community given your interest what would you be doing hmm I told you you'd have to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, I think 
only because this is something which I'm considering possibly getting into if I if I decide to take a just like a, a pause from being full time and the no, on the notion thing. Um it's like I really enjoy like product building. So I'd love to get and love to explore some kind of like product management sort of situation. Um yeah it's possible that I would have stuck it out in events because I love just I love building experiences when it comes down to it whether they be physical or digital so yeah that's interesting um we have alternate career paths so <clears throat> that's what I do but notion is like my moonlights <laughs> role and you are in notion and you're thinking of the other side yeah yeah it's always it's just really fascinating to me personally <laughs> like like where buttons are in a page and like yeah i nerd out over that stuff <laughs> it's really important ux is so fun i like it um the other thing i was thinking was let's do some blue sky thinking of notion opportunities for immigrants hmm. Ooh, i i think maybe writing little like guides of tips you've learned in being an immigrant and like sharing that as a resource for the people behind you that could be a really cool idea I think um and even just things like building when you're looking for jobs as a way to make yourself stand out build your cv or portfolio or resume on notion and show that to employers they'll be they'll be impressed by it because it's still quite a new thing <laughs> um so those are two ways i can think of i love those uh something else i've been thinking of is a lot of people who left their home at i don't know college age they know so much about where they're from they're like the eating gems of the places they're from you can create like itinerary or like guides of how to explore yeah. your hometown and put that into Notion templates that other people can be able to access as well. So, absolutely, yeah. Notion is so cool for like trips, <laughs> trip planning, and yeah, definitely. So, if there's any um, immigrants that loves marketing and loves to promote things and as an idea maybe you can reach out to Francis to collaborate on such ideas yeah I'd love to do that awesome um did you have more questions for just just one while the two of you are kind of riffing on notion um I can tell like you're really passionate about it but I wonder like how do you use it in your personal life beyond kind of the notion bar what are some of your favorite templates that you go to daily For me, I use the grocery, I have like a grocery list in my Notion that I use quite often, like, so I'll automatically add things from my existing list and then like tick them off as I go around the supermarket. It's like a cool little app I build for, built for myself. Um, and just sort of like as, as a swipe file for just like random stuff I find on the internet that I will read eventually. And then 
I have these sort of ongoing projects, like research projects, like this UX thing that I'm doing and like I'm turning another book into Notion. I, I have ideas to build. Um, there's this book I'm reading about like the history of Afrobeats and I want to turn it turn like all of the songs and like the key players and the time periods and stuff I want to turn that into like this big like notion ecosystem so when's that coming out I didn't need a link (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know the the book is called a quick ting on Afrobeats and it's just crammed full of stuff and I'm like I don't know how I'm supposed to keep track of this I was like I know notion so I, I love I use notion mainly for stuff like and that just like research projects and obviously like client portals and stuff what the work bit but yeah my personal life is mostly just like my nerdy research projects <laughs> i remember this concept of like a, a second brain when i first got introduced into notion very big idea i guess in the productivity space and yeah, it sounds like you're using it in that in that fashion, just like store information in an easier to navigate way yeah. when you need it. Yeah. Another thing that you didn't mention that I noticed about you is um, you like a lot of the workbooks types of things, like the physical workbooks, and it seems like you like to digitize them in Notion as well. Yeah, that is, I love that. Like one of my favorite things I've ever built in Notion was with another Notion creator, actually, a Notioneer. Um, we turned one of Virgil Abloh's presentations into a Notion worksheet of like his um, like design methodology. And it's really cool. And it got a lot of positive feedback. So yeah, the workbook thing is super important. I'm even making a workbook right now for how to like thoughtfully plan a Notion workspace so that I can hopefully stop doing it for people. <laughs> they can do it, they can buy the thing and do it for themselves in some kind of like group cohort teaching situation. <laughs> As we're going through all of this, I'm like, you're doing quite a lot. And I'm sure anyone listening right now that, you know, new to this world of juggling so many things are wondering, how do you balance this with life? Um, I force myself into just like making dates with people. So like forcing myself to leave my house, like booking gigs and things like that. So that I, because otherwise when I'm, by my especially when I'm by myself at home I have no incentive to not work really so (laughs) yeah so I I try and keep on top of that schedule your fun time as well yeah I like that right Mike did you have more uh I'm fresh out of questions I really enjoyed this conversation, though, and I've got a lot of places to go check out. Like, um, I want to put all the links that you've mentioned and things like that in the description for myself and for other people who are going to find this super interesting as well. I'm looking forward to the Afrobeats history timeline on Notion. That's the number one thing. I'm super excited about it. Okay. Me too. You, do, you have, do you have any other questions for Francis? Oh, I always have lots of questions when we <laughs> schedule a catch up for like two hours. I spend like four hours talking. 
it, we can talk about any and everything, but uh, you know, we're trying to keep foreign gems very actionable and very focused on something, which today I guess it's finding your alternate career path. See, I keep changing the name every time I say it, but you get the point. Um, so that's what that is about today. But it would be nice if Francis can come on sometime like in the future. There'll be other niches of ideas based on what we've discussed today that we can dive deeper into and um, yeah, add more color to it. You know, get it? Aesthetic. So <laughs> 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 in the future. Yeah. Hopefully when my newsletter blows up, knock on wind, I'll be like, here's what I learned about growing a newsletter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that would be great. You have what, how many... Uh, just to put a timestamp today, you have like 1.6 thousand um, subscribers? As, uh, yeah, as of right now, I've got like, it's nearly 1,700, nearly. Um, yeah, so that's six. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be lot. able to. Yeah, I, I mean, I basically just stole the mailing list from my templates <laughs> and was like, sign up here if like, you want to carry on receiving stuff so it's mostly my template downloaders which is which gave me a, a heads up and that's why i always tell notion creators now i'm when i see them posting these naked links i'm like this is doing nothing for you you need to put this behind like a gumroad or a, a lemon squeezy whatever people are using these days where you're capturing at least even if you decide to not put a price point on it like at least capture that customer data so that you can turn that into like an email list at some point and like if you wanted to start a newsletter start a newsletter that's what the free templates you mentioned earlier on are for yeah um they are in a way in the notion community they're like lead magnets uh, not to use a gross uh, yeah. marketing term but they are like lead magnets and it's funny how I remember like two years ago, this was a controversy in the Muslim oh, community. The idea yeah. of not making all your templates free or you know, in a naked link, as you mentioned. Um, yeah. It's funny how far things have come because now it's like a no brainer to do those things. But I remember this was a huge controversy uh, just two years ago. Huge controversy. People were like, why do you want me to pay for that Notion template? It's like, well. <laughs> But yeah, that's another thing, you know, um, it's not just what you create ideas as well. Um, you pioneer different things. Um, so that's something people should know as well when you're trying to create, uh, create your own path. It's not just what you do. It's the way you think as well. There's a lot of little battles you have to um, to take on along the way. So Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Francis, for taking the time to talk to us about, you know, your experience and everything so far. Um, I can't wait to have you back on. Do a follow-up episode talk a little bit more about your journey so far um, but that was foreign gems thank you all our fans and we'll see you in the next episode thank you